Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet Diane Knight, an extraordinary opera singer, mother, wife, disciple of Christ, unable to have the very basic loves of life, helped her to see that we cannot make God respond with a yes. We call this episode... When God says no, it's for a good reason. Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. My goodness, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Just coming from school, from the school where I teach. Yeah, on um, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I do piano and voice there. Of course you do. Yeah. I have to keep that going. You know what I mean? It's like I, I turned 65 in, in, in August, okay. but um, I'm still, you know, kind of teaching part-time. Right. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I have the incredible Dame, Diane Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You are one of my diva extraordinaires. Oh my gosh. So I'm glad to hear you teaching, singing, and piano. Yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. And you know, I have, um, it's so funny. It's like, as I approached my Medicare years, right? <laughs> I, uh, I always was sharing with people. I said, you know what? This is my season of just paying it forward. You know, mm-hmm. um, everything that was poured into me, uh-huh. um, you know, as a young person, um, just having the opportunity to be able to give that away, you know, right. pass it on. Right. Well, yes, thank you. Was. Thank you for doing this. Talk about paying it forward. I mean, it's just amazing. This little podcast has kind of found its own way, you know, wow. and people are using it just to help them stay faithful. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm amazed. I'm like, when I first started wow. this thing, I was reluctant. I was like, God, I don't know nothing about no podcast. Podcast. Yeah. You know, I was like, what do I do? He said, just have people share their testimony. Everybody's got one. Yes, that's true. You know, so yeah. that's what it is. Honestly, we just gonna hear Diane's t- testimony. Oh goodness! Because we have people who are in different stages of their walk. Yeah, you know, and then we hit those bumps at times where you're just like, I don't yeah. know if I can go any further. And you right. hear someone's story, and you go, I can keep going, keep going. Yeah, and that really is the whole gist of the podcast. It's just to help somebody else keep going for another day. Gotcha. So. Talk about paying it forward. You're about yeah. to pay it forward, my sister. I'm about to pay it forward. Okay, okay, okay. You know, I I have to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I um, was born in, in Miami, in Florida, in 1958. Okay. Um, in Liberty City. Um, and it is the part of Miami. Um, once once um, sort of the immigrants, because my family are all Bahamian immigrants, right? Okay. I was going to ask where you were from. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was born in Miami 
my mom was born in the States in Miami, but my dad was born in Exuma, okay. Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Right. And then my mom's parents were born in Cat Island, on okay. Cat Island, Bahamas. Right. So when her parents migrated over, right, um, they lived in the section in Miami called Overtown. Right. And that was the only area between Overtown and like Coconut Grove, right? Mm-hmm. And then a little bit further down the Homestead area where African-Americans could live during that time because I was born into segregated America, right? right? In 1958. But yeah, I grew up in Liberty City and, you know, I grew up in a just very loving home, very supportive. My mom was a teacher. My dad worked over on Miami Beach at the hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of a jack of all trades, you know? Um, and that's where... You know, I kind of developed, right? Um, had a great elementary school, um, started taking piano then when I was seven, you know? And so then that opened up that whole world of music to right. me. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, progressed on, um, you know, grew up in church, singing in the church choir. And so that's kind of how my voice developed till I got to yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. And then once I got to high school, um, you know, I kind of, I was kind of on a dual track in the beginning. Um, I kind of had an aptitude in science. So they were trying to, you know, usher me towards, you know, um, going into the science field, right? Because right. that was a time in the 70s, I graduated in 1976. So in that mid to late set of the 70s, they were really trying to get minorities to go into yes. science, right? And I remember um, the, the point came because I was working in a lab after school and I was in the school choir, the high mm-hmm. school choir, right? <laughs> and the two things started to kind of conflict. And I had to make a decision. And I chose the music. Mm-hmm. You know, I chose the music. And so um, from there, I remember just having the support and the guidance and the mentoring from my high school call directors. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, they, they, they literally changed the trajectory of my life. Because I would not have gone into music. Right. I wanted to go into medicine. Yeah, they, they gave me a vision. They helped to develop my voice. And that's how I ended up auditioning at University of Miami mm-hmm. and going and doing my bachelor's degree in there in vocal performance. That's, wow. uh, and, 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 you know, wow, from there, then I got an opportunity to audition um, at Manhattan School of Music in New York and Cincinnati Conservatory. And um, I was I was headed to Manhattan. I was headed to New York because mm-hmm. I had there was a um, a young singer who graduated from my high school and also graduated from the same um, University of Miami, the same college I went to. And I was studying with her, the same voice teacher. And so one, when I auditioned for Manhattan School of Music and got in, then and I auditioned for CCM and got in there as well. Right. Um, I said, but I want to go to New York. You know, it's like. My mentor at the time was headed towards New York. And so I was like, I'm going to go to New York. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, um, I got a scholarship offer from Cincinnati Conservatory. And um, that that was the deciding factor. It was like they were going to pay for it. They were going to pay for my master's degree. So I ended up going to Cincinnati, um, doing my master's in vocal performance. Um, And then I did what was called an artist diploma in opera with Mm. um, at CCM. And then from there is when I went over to Europe and got an opportunity to study over in Europe in um, Graz, Austria. Mm. And so that was, you know, it was just like, whoa, you know, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was just awesome. You know, it's yes. like, I, I remember that time in my life and, 
everything was just new. It was exciting, you know, um, and it, it's not to say that those years, you know, I would say um, from the conservatory going over to Europe, you know, there were situations that I had mm -hmm. to kind of persevere through, you mm -hmm. know, um, mm -hmm. the audition process at CCM initially was fine, my master's degree. Um, but I kind of had to go through, I had to go through a little bit of testing to get into the artist diploma and opera program. Yeah, I was going to uh, ask you, how did you end up in yeah. opera? Because obviously girls yeah. who looked like us yeah. didn't tend to go in that direction. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it was mentorship, right? right. It's all about mentorship mm -hmm. because um, the person that was before me, right, that came ahead of me, right. um, I saw her doing it. Yeah. And I saw her pursuing this career as a classical singer. Mm -hmm. So it's like I saw it. So it's like, oh, okay. Because initially, like you said, I was like, what? What do you mean? A career as an opera singer? What? You know, right. it was just like right. not a part of my environment, right? But once I saw her and then I had my high school call director mm -hmm. sort of helping, you know, because he went to University of Miami as well. And so he helped me to have, to get a vision for that. Yeah. You see? And so that's what, that's what did it. And so. I finished University of Miami and I was like, okay, all right. Okay. I see my mentor. Yeah. I want to do this. Wow. And so that's what then encouraged me to continue on. Mm -hmm. And that's why I ultimately then wanted to do that artist diploma and opera program. Right. right. Um, and then at the time, no African-Americans had been accepted into that program. Wow. And yeah. And initially I wasn't accepted. Mm -hmm. And I was devastated. I was like, wow, okay. So, all right, um, God, I guess you have another plan for me. Mm. And then a couple of weeks later, my voice teacher was like, well, we need to work on another aria. And we need, it needs to be something lyrical. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Well, they want to hear you again. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean hear me again? I'd already been at the school for two years. So oh, it's wow. not like they didn't know right. my ability. They didn't know my work or whatever. And of course, there was a backstory mm -hmm. that I did not know about at the time, mm -hmm. right? So I remember going back in, preparing a song to sing for this second audition. And I get into the audition and they ask me, you know, well, what are you going to say? And I told them this aria from Fidelio by Beethoven. Yes. And then they asked me if I knew another aria from another opera right <laughs> now the the head of the opera department knew that I knew the song because he had coached me in the entire role of Susanna from the marriage of figure up right okay yes but I didn't prepare that song for the audition mm -hmm. so I said yeah I know the song but I didn't prepare that song for my audition and so they said well do you think you could sing it anyway <laughs> so you know there I am Here's my second opportunity. And I had to make a decision. And so it's like I had to trust the preparation that I had done um, earlier on, mm -hmm. not knowing that that preparation was going to be for that moment. Right. And I remember asking um, the head of the opera department, his name was Mr. Tayo. I said, Mr. Tayo, can I stand behind the pianist? so that I can just check 
my lyrics because it's in the aria was in Italian, right? Right. And so I had Italian, you know, I studied Italian, German, French. That's what you do to prepare mm-hmm. to um have a career in opera. And so he said, yes, sure, Stelina, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, he and um so I stood behind the pianist. I sang the aria. And when I was done, the pianist that was playing for me, I'll never forget, her name was Donna Lowy. You know, <laughs> she looked at me, she said, Diane, that was beautiful. She yeah. said, I don't know what they're listening for, but that was beautiful. And I remember thinking that that was odd. I was like, what do you mean what they're listening for, right? So, you know, I went on about my merry way. And then all of a sudden, I was accepted into the program. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, I found out the backstory. Okay. And the backstory was that, you know, I was going to be the first. Right. Um, and, you know, being the first, when you look like us, right, mm-hmm. um, means that, you know, you, you're kind of put through some extra paces, right? right. right. Um, you are called to prove that you mm-hmm. belong to be there, right? Um, and you have a decision to make. Is it fair? No. Um, but, you know, the preparation mm-hmm. then allows you to take advantage of the opportunity, yeah. even when what is being asked of you is not what was asked of every other Others. person that applied, right? right? So, you know, I went through the program, I went through the um, audition process, I got in, you know, it's a great experience. I learned about the whole backstory. Um, and I tell you what, it was because of Mr. Tayo. He was an advocate for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke up for me because my at my first audition, he was out of town. So he got back into town and he's like looking at the list of everybody <laughs> accepting to the program. And, and you just knew my yet. name was going to be on the neighborhood <laughs> list, right? He was like, well, where's Diane? And, and so, you know, what I got was, well, you know, we heard something in the audition, technically, blah, blah, blah. And apparently he said, well, let me hear her. <laughs> I want to hear her. And so that's what led to me having the second audition. Well, and I guess after the second audition, whatever they were concerned about, is no longer had there. suddenly disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay well so what 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 changed in a couple of weeks you know mm-hmm. and you know you could go down that rabbit hole right well well yeah. nothing changed yeah you know other than the fact that you know I was trying to open a door and um you know it was very um just encouraging I was here you know by the um by the time that I saw this I was here in Atlanta and I went to go see a performance at the Atlanta Opera Mm-hmm. And the young lady singing the female um, role, main role, mm-hmm. um, African-American. And I'm looking at through the program and it said a graduate of the Artist Diploma and Opera Program at Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. And it just was like, wow, there we go. You know, it's like I went through what I went through. I opened the door and now... Right. You know, it was open to others, right? Um, and that was kind of, that was encouraging, you know? Um, and, you know, going over to Europe was great. 
ran into some same issues over there, you know. Um, but, you know, what can I say? It's like you come out of the ivory tower, mm-hmm. you walk into real life mm-hmm. and real life can really, you know, it can throw you some curveballs. Yeah. So I had, you know, I had a couple of situations where I had to decide mm-hmm. I can either get angry and bitter or I can just set my mind, yeah. accept the challenge and move forward. Right. Right. And, and that's what I did. And so then that after leaving Europe brought me to New York, you know, which is where we met. And that's where we met. <laughs> that's Ooh. where we met. I'm yeah. loving this. And I'll let you keep going. I'm loving it because there's just so many spiritual lessons in everything that you're sharing, yeah. you know, everything that we go through in life really is in preparation, like you're saying, for something else. So I I can't wait just to let you keep sharing, but just to hear how that tenacity or that spirit helped Mm. you spiritually to keep going when you were throwing curveballs, you know, because everybody's throwing a curveball every now and then. And it's all about how do we handle it? So I'll shut up and let you keep going. (laughs) This is so true. This is so true. I mean, um, you know, got to New York by that time I was married to Mm -hmm. a jazz musician you're both pursuing our music careers Mm -hmm. right him and jazz and me and opera you know and um you know year one seemed to be trotting right along and um and that's when you know I was met by someone in the daytime ministry in from the New York church right Mm -hmm. um and I actually two people met me but one was an opera singer herself at the time, um, Rhonda Nuss was her oh, yes. Rhonda Tennant now, right? And we were taking this master class together at the 92nd Street Y. Mm-hmm. And she invited me out to the, one of the, you know, midweek services, which is at what was at noon because it was during the daytime, right? right? <laughs> um, and I came and I remember before, right before, I think she invited me. I had been attending a church in in the New York area, but I was just becoming really disillusioned with what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And I remember praying, I said, God, I just want to find a group of people who are living by the scriptures. If that is, if it even exists, right? right? (laughs) And so I prayed the prayer and then just went on about my merry business, right? And I remember walking into (laughs) that midweek, that noon midweek service. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what in the world? And I was just blown away, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, just kept coming and, you know, went to a Bible talk and, you know, asking me if I wanted to study the Bible, you know. Now, I had grown up grown up in church, so I just, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm good, right? I right. can join in with you all and, you know, let's just do this thing. Help right? all these other people. Right? Help all these other people, right? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, in that process, but again, preparation, right? The ground, the soil had been tilled all my life, right? right? I, you know, I believed in God. I really, I believed that the Bible was God's word, right? Mm-hmm. And so getting in there and studying the Bible during that time, um, wow, challenged me to yeah. my core, to my core, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but it helped me to, to um, what's the word? kind of get to know myself at a deeper level than mm-hmm. I had at that point mm-hmm. and to really be honest with myself about who Diane was, right? Yeah. 
Um, And coming face to face with that and coming to face to face with, you know, God's plan, right. And God's purpose and, and really how God wants me to live my life, right. Right. In a way that honors him and please him and does not, and, 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 and doesn't create contradiction, Mm -hmm. right. Um, that, that allows me to walk my talk, right. And I, I have to say, not that, you know, my belief was, was false, but I will say that my belief up to that point was sort of hit and miss, right? It was, it was good when it was good and it was bad when it was bad, right? Yeah. But I decided, oh yeah, I know what God says, but this is what I want to do, right? right. You know? right. <laughs> and so coming face to face with that, it was like, okay, so do you really believe what you say you believe? Mm-hmm. And so that was a challenge. You know, Um, but I can tell you that decision, deciding that, you know, God was right. Mm -hmm. The Bible was right. Mm -hmm. And I needed to adjust me to God's word. Right. right? I mean, I could keep fighting it, but then what am I, what am I achieving? You know, because of that, out of that. And I will say that decision definitely kind of rocked my world. It rocked my marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my husband at the time, I remember him sharing with me, he said, you know, when we moved here to New York and, you know, we're both pursuing our careers, he said, music was your Lord. Mm -hmm. He said, but now you've changed. Mm -hmm. He said, now Jesus is your Lord. And I remember, and you know, he hadn't studied at all. I hadn't really shared a whole lot with him. I shared some, right? but he saw that the Lordship had shifted, right? right? The priority, not that I wasn't continuing to pursue my music. I was, but it was no longer a priority. Number one, right? Right. Following and living as God would have me to live had become priority number one. Mm -hmm. And he saw it, you know? Um, and there was a whole lot of stuff going on <laughs> that I had no idea yeah. that God ultimately revealed yeah. and, um, you know, turned my life upside down. Um, I guess I dealt that, that was, I would say that time in my life was really the first time that I dealt with major trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Infidelity in a marriage, going through separation and divorce. Um, Yeah. Upside down. Yeah. And I will say, thank you, God, that by that point, um, I had a spiritual center in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And I had people around me that helped me walk through that, mm-hmm. right? I don't know where I would be if I had not had that. Yeah. I really don't. You know, I really don't. I mean, I, I can get it. I can see how you know, people can make decisions that, you know what, this is just a little bit too painful. Mm-hmm. So I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I'm done. And, you know, at that point in my life, I remember sitting in a situation and sitting in a lot of grief and, and just pain thinking, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe I just need to, this just yeah. needs to be all over. Right. Yeah. And I remember that kind of, it kind of shocked me that I even had that thought. Right. Um, 
but it really, I think, you know, you'd never want to have to go through trauma and pain in order to develop compassion and empathy, right? But it did create, it did create a compassion in me and an empathy that I hadn't had before, right? Um, and, And you're right, I guess the the preparation of, you know, being tenacious and being persistent and deciding that, you know what, no matter what, I, I'm going to move forward. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I would not have been able to do it, BJ, without community, mm-hmm. with that, without the community of faith that surrounded me at that right. time. Right. Girl, <laughs> I would have been done. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we met, right? Right. Right. Going through our stuff, right? Same stuff, girl. Same Same stuff, stuff. right? Same stuff. Yeah. Um, And I I can tell you, it was, um, it was just so comforting, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Being able to meet women like yourself, you know, and and many others who were having to deal with similar situations, right? Yeah. and, you know, wow, there's been so many ups and downs since then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I do feel blessed that, that God did give me an opportunity to have a, a second chance at marriage, right? Yeah. yeah. To have a second chance at a marriage that was built on God's standard and built on God's word, right? Right. right. Um, and that has been, you know, it's been a blessing. I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for it. Cause it's like, it was just like night and day. <laughs> There's no comparison, right? Um, but that has not been without um, heartache mm-hmm. and, and pain. And, um, you know, I remember getting married again in 1995. And at that point I'm older, I'm like 36, 37, yeah. right? And so, you know, we, within a year of marriage, you know, we decide, yeah, let's go ahead and try to get pregnant, right? Because it's like, clock is ticking. <laughs> Time. <laughs> yeah, tick-tock, tick-tock. And, you know, I remember Kendall and I, we said, you know, well, we'll have one and we'll adopt, right? So, you know, we kind of worked on that for about a year or so. And Kendall was like, okay, you know what? Enough with the shots, enough with the pills, enough with, let's just adopt, right? Yeah. Um, but that also was a time where I had to decide to surrender to God's will. Yeah. Cause man, I really wanted to get pregnant and to experience that miracle of life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It was something that I remember, I, you know, I was looking forward to eat as a young person. And yeah. I remember, you know, studying biology and middle mm-hmm. school and high school and thinking even at that age, man, you know, the miracle of life. I mean, the right. fact that God right. could create the female body to to grow life, right? And I was like, man, I can't wait to, to experience what that is yeah. like and feels like. Yeah. And, you know, God said, yeah, it is a miracle, but no, you're not going to experience that. Mm-hmm. And that was devastating. Yeah. You know, um, that I, I was really angry at God. I was like, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> So you give me the second opportunity at marriage and now you're saying, no, you can't, you're not going to bear a child. 
you're not going to experience that miracle life. Right. right. And um, yeah, I had to work through that anger. You know, I had to work through the disappointment of that, that loss. I had to grieve that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I tell you <laughs> that um, God is amazing <laughs> and the, the next curveball that came in our marriage was me getting diagnosed with MS, right? Mm-hmm. With multiple sclerosis. And I remember sitting in the neurologist's office and, you know, she was just talking about, you know, how the dealing with the, you know, MS and um, just the, how the disease could progress and that sort of thing. And I remember her, you know, she just kind of said it off the top of her head. She said, you know, it's probably a good thing that you did not get pregnant. And so I'm sitting in front of her, Kendall sitting next to me. I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) And she said, well, the pregnancy probably would have gone pretty well. Mm -hmm. She said, but the delivery process could have sent your disease, sent you spiraling. And I was like, okay. And VJ, when I tell you, I sat in that chair and I looked up and I was like, God. I thank you, God. And, yeah. and I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> and it was one of those times when, yeah, my faith just went to a whole nother level, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because what I learned in that season was when God says no, <laughs> it's for a good reason. Yeah. It's for our protection, right? Yeah. Um, and when I realized, and see, sometimes God doesn't always reveal to you why he said no. That's right. But he, he granted me the opportunity to, to know why. Yeah. And so that has really helped me in my walk. Because there are many other times when God says no. Right? That's right. And God has That's said right. no. <laughs> but what, what, what that allowed me to do was it allowed me to at least then the next time God said no to something I wanted him to say yes to, I was able to trust. Yeah. It's in my best interest. That's you right. know, that God, God has only good, you know, planned yeah. for me. Right. Yeah. And so that deepened my trust so that I could then surrender. Right. The next time. Yeah. Um, and so when I say that, you know, yeah, the journey has been, you know, wonderful right the second marriage um but still there were curveballs yeah and there were challenges and there was loss and there was um <laughs> so many different situations right, right. To, um it, i all i can say is that i i really do have a gratitude and a gratefulness for everything that God has allowed me to experience, you know, in these 65 years, right? Um, a friend of mine uh, was sharing, we were in some kind of class or whatever, or a book discussion or whatever. And she said, in my big years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like that. I was like, I'm going to take that. I said, because I was saying, well, I'm in my fourth quarter. And then she was like, no, we're not having any of that. And she said, and I said, I like that in my big years, right? right. So in my 65 years, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that I experienced, pursuing my career as a singer, 
getting an opportunity to sing professionally, then God redirecting my life, going into the full-time ministry, but then having to come out of the full-time ministry, getting diagnosed with MS, you know, working through the infertility, and then God blessing us to be able to adopt twin boys, yeah. you know, um, and, and, and to be able to pour into their lives, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and to, at this moment in their life, they're 25 now. We adopted them when they were four weeks old, right? Wow. And of course, you know, we, we raise them in God's kingdom, right? So our expectation is, oh, okay, they're going to go to swamp and they're going to do this. And so they did all that and they've got the devotionals and they're going to go to class and, and then poof, they're going to become disciples as teenagers, you know? Right. So then they're going to be in the campus ministry and, the <laughs> and, and it's like, no, 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 it's not what happened. Yeah. And instead, um, one, you know, and both boys, they were put up for adoption. The birth mom was 19 years old when she had them. Mm-hmm. And so one of the twins at 19 years old, father's a child. Mm-hmm. And Kendall and I are like, okay. Okay, God, this was not the way this was supposed to go. Not our plan. This is not the plan. This was not the plan. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And man, that was hard. It was really hard. BJ. It was really hard. I think, I think that was harder for Kendall than it was for me, you know, because as a minority male, you know, our whole goal was we don't want these boys to be statistics, right? We want to give them the opportunity that we know they would never have had right. outside of us adopting them. Right. And so We've learned so much in that too, mm-hmm. in how to give and love unconditionally, um, even when things don't turn out the way you expect them to, and helping us to understand, wow, how God loves us, <laughs> even when we go our own way, right? Yeah. Even when we are rebellious, even when we decide, you know, we're going to throw our little temper tantrums and try to do stuff our way and it's like God just has given us a window into what it means to love the way he loves. And when I tell you it has been a challenge, girl, this podcast is not long enough to go into all that. You hear me? Um, but what I can say is um, there's a scripture that says the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places for me. That's right. And, you know, that's where I sit. That's where I sit. That's, that's you know? beautiful. That's enough that's said right there. Girl. <laughs> I'm full. Yeah, I, I love, there's that song, Oceans, where she says, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Woo! You know, and that's what yeah. really, it's been the story of my life. And as I'm hearing yours, I'm going, yeah. God has simply been leading you to a place where your trust without borders you know and it takes a lot of breaking to get us there so yeah beautiful stuff oh thank you for sharing girl i'm so glad i kept bugging you (laughs) (laughs) oh 
my gosh. I was like, well, okay, we got to make this happen. For some reason, yeah, Diane Knight was supposed to be on this show. So now I know wow. why. This was wow. beautiful. <laughs> Well, thank you for having me. This has been, it's been great, you know, to just have this time. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, because I'm full now, right? Right. Just, just remembering. My story. Yeah. Just remembering. And, and remembering and, and, and it, 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 then it wells up that gratitude. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That just seeing the journey. So I have stepped out of the box at many points in my life, right? Like you were right. saying. Right. Um, it has, it has afforded me just some amazing adventures, right? Mm -hmm. An amazing, amazing opportunities. But it took, it took pushing past fear yeah. and obstacles and yeah. deciding, no, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take that path and that road less traveled, right? right. I'm going to do something a little different, right? Um, and so at so many different points in my life, I had to decide to step out of the box. Like yeah. Peter had to what? Step out of the boat, right? Yeah. Very yeah. simple. And God yeah. was preparing you when he had that little girl from Miami. Yes. Step up to the plate, you know, <laughs> not knowing the why am I coming back a second time around? God is like, right? I'm just calling you to do it. All I'm asking of you is yeah. that you go. Yeah, that you go. Yeah. You know, this is beautiful. All right, Dame Diane. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. For thank you, girl. This for persevering and and, and um, thank you for, for doing this. Beautiful. I, I've enjoyed it. Beautiful. Yes, and I must tell you, I've seen pictures of your boys. If you had not told me they were not your biological, I would not have known that. I know. Everybody says that. Look, just everybody like you guys. I know. Isn't that odd? That's God. I mean, there is God again. Right? Yes. Saying, oh, you think I can't take care of a little DNA? <laughs> they look just like you guys. So I would have yes, never known. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's right. That's right. That's God. All right, girl. Love you much. Thanks for doing this. I love you too. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave, play us out. <laughs>